Hi, my name is uh, the core behavioralist therapist, Trish, and I have here with me Stephen Donahue. Hey, Trish. Steve here. Hi, how are you? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. Thanks. I know Stephen because he's friends with my sister, um, Rhea. Um, and Stephen, can you tell us what you do for a living, by the way? Yeah, I'm a um, professional mariner. I work on a uh, tugboat in the greater New York Harbor. Cool, cool. On the Hudson, right? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I go up and down the Hudson and into the Sound, Long Island Sound, and all the creeks, little, uh, you know, rivers and tributaries uh, that connect to the, to the harbor. That's pretty cool. How long have you been doing that for? Well, I've been a pro mariner since 98, but tugboats I've only done since uh, 2007. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so this podcast is really about COVID-19, um, but I really want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Um, and you being a white man in this, um, during COVID-19 and being um, in this era that we're in that's pretty much history making about Black Lives Matter, um, have you seen an impact in your industry? Um, basically, what are people saying about this movement that's been happening now in 2020? Yeah, well, the, the tug industry and, and the maritime industry for, um, for as long as I've been out there has been a pretty um, homogenous, um, you know, place. Uh, mostly, mostly white guys, um, very, very few women, mm. very, very few minorities. Uh, so I, um, you can imagine if you, if you, played the numbers and, and you, know, uh, you know, looked at the, the, the de uh, demographics and the statistics. Um, you know, older white, white men tend to have a certain um, point of view. Yeah. Um, so so I, I don't think that um, it's really um, hit, I don't think it's really hit home in my industry. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I just want to be clear, Stephen doesn't speak for all white men out there. I just want to get, I, I just want to get his take working in his industry. Um, and, and it really is pointing what you just said, Stephen, that it hasn't hit home for you. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because I'm sure a lot of white Americans out there feel like that, too. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, being a mariner, I'm away from home for... Uh, a long period of time, two weeks. In fact, I'm, I, I work two weeks on and then I'm home for two weeks. Wow. And, um, so I, I kind of exist in a bubble. Yeah. You know, uh, were it not for television or radio, um, I really wouldn't get a feel of what's happening. Um, so okay. um, I, you know, I, I really am um, uh, dependent on, on media, uh, which not, always great but sometimes wonderful um so um you know uh i haven't experienced protests or or looting or you know yeah. even conversation uh you know we can tie in the whole covid19 thing into this uh, really haven't had many you know personal conversations with people um you know because of the social distancing and what have you right um, 
so it's um, um, it's some it, it's something that I, I want to uh, learn more about, uh, mm -hmm. and I I want to be a part of this this movement, but but I am in a bubble. Yeah. So what does that do? Thanks for sharing that. Like, what does that do to your mental health and emotional health? You're on a boat for two weeks. You come off of the boat on land at home for two weeks and you're all of a sudden inundated with, with media and social media about what's happening with Black Lives Movement and you're seeing the looting. What does that do for a maritime worker like yourself, your emotional and mental health? What does that do to you? Oh, well, certainly there's, there's always a, um, a shock. Um, now I'm not offshore. I'm not going, I'm not away for, uh, you know, months at a time. So it's not, it's not a, a major shock. It's not, it's nothing, uh, you know, that, um, knocks me off my feet, but, um, you know, I have to play catch up. I'm always playing catch up. And, and oftentimes I, I miss a talking point or, uh, or, you know, uh, something, uh, you know, or, or, or an announcement that happened or, or, you know, something, uh, that was major, uh, in Do you the have an example of that? Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, everybody kept talking about, um, uh, these, these, uh, riots that were happening. Um, you know, when I would call home and I just hadn't, you know, seen the news or listened to the radio in a few days. Um, and so, uh, you know, when they told me that, um, for example, uh, one of the museum houses here in Howell was burned down. Oh my um, goodness. Do you want to yeah. talk? Tell me more about that. Yeah, it's a, a part of the Allaire Park uh, historic village. Um, I, I, I don't know all the details, but you know, uh, it was it was burned down by a bunch of young people who I, I, I've heard were arrested but um you know uh when the when the um george uh floyd news hit uh you know this is going back about 10 days ago um right that hit pretty hard on a lot of people a lot of americans and around the world really yeah for sure for sure yeah so they did arrest the the young people and so when you saw that it was shocking for you um yeah that's in my backyard it hit home Wow. Yeah, that hit home. Okay. Yeah, and that's an, a historical uh, venue, a historical place, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so when you saw, I guess, from your perspective, do you see um, why they could, there could be so much anger over what's, what happened with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor um, and Ahmed Aubrey? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, well, I um, I'm I'm a bit of a, a news um, junkie, ironically, <laughs> and and to boot, I'm I'm one of the few, um, I guess you could say, uh, left leaning people on uh, on the boats. Um, okay, so you got a lot of right wing people on the boats. Is that what I'm hearing? It's sort of a, it's it, yeah. There's a bit. There's, there's some irony there because, um, like I said, it's a homogeneous group of of, yeah. of white middle-aged men we're talking about. Right. Um, you know, most of most of whom don't have a lot, and um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, that's a whole political discussion. Why why um, those people are tend not to be left, but um, 
Yeah, what was the, I'm sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> I lost it too. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Um, oh, 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 you're asking about George Floyd and... and, and yeah, I, you know, I get, one of the questions that popped into my mind was that you said it was shocking, right? Um, yeah. For me, it was shocking too. It felt like we're living in a third world country or back in the 50s or 60s or something. Like, it was very shocking for me as well as a woman of color seeing seeing everything go down, but I understood where the frustration was coming from, but in no way am I okay with violence in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah. Shocking for you too, you said, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it was shocking, but, but Trish, am I right? It, it wasn't, yeah. we, we all know that that, that that stuff is happening, so it wasn't like, um, uh, it wasn't unexpected. Right. The only difference is we have cameras now right at our fingertips because this has been going on for a long, long, long time. It hasn't gone away. And I think what was shocking, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think a lot of people who identify as white, um, like you said, some, of, some people are in their own worlds, their own bubbles, and aren't aware of the injustices that are happening with Black people in America by the hands of some you know, bad cops. Let's just put it out there. There's good and there's bad cops. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, um, uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. Good and bad. Um, however, um, I tend to give people the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. I, I tend to, to believe that, um, you know, a, a cop is only as good as his, as his training and the people who train him. Yeah. Uh, so, so this, I believe, is, is a systemic um, issue where we need to uh, affect change. There needs to be a sea change, uh, you know, to use a vernacular from my industry. There needs to be change. There needs to be uh, a movement within the, the policing. It's an industry, um, yeah. you know, where, where training is, is, is different, um, you know, perhaps uh, – well, I mean, you know, the, you know, perhaps the cops should should learn the history of, of police brutality, especially um, perpetrated on on minority communities. Um, right. There needs to be, needs to be perspective. I mean, I was just reading recently how in um, the rest of the world, you know, cops uh, get up, you know, different training than than American police. For example, in Germany, I think it was a two year program. Um, Whereas here it's, you know, it's like a boot camp. I think it's 12 weeks, maybe, maybe 16, depending I on. I literally just saw a post saying barber school length is 1500 hours and police academy is only 840 hours. <laughs> I literally just saw that. And I think that's in California, if I'm not mistaken, but can you imagine it is like a boot camp, but that's not the way to go. I, I in my opinion, I don't, I feel, I totally agree with you. I think proper training needs to happen. And also there's a lot of systematic racism going on within the police force as well. Like how can you have some police officers who want to protest or want to walk alongside with the protesters and be part of this movement and the others who are spray gassing people? Like, yeah. it doesn't, and, it ha and it's happening in almost all the states, you know? So right. it's mind boggling to me. I mean, people talk about white privilege and I, and I understand what that is. Um, but you know, there's, can you tell me about what do you think white privilege is from your point of view? Well, um, yeah, let me, let me, if you don't mind, uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll get to that 
you know, there's also, um, you know, uh, a, a blue privilege, uh, a, a cop privilege, you know, where, where, um, that's a good point. Where, you know, where, where these police officers, you know, regardless of their race are given this, this incredible responsibility, you know, and, and we're asking, you know, kids, you know, sometimes as, as young as, as 20 who, who don't have, you know, any, co- sometimes no college at all yeah. to, to carry a badge and, um, and to exercise justice uh, on, on often dangerous streets. It's, it's, uh, it's really tragic what we're doing. You know, we're not preparing these people uh, for uh, oftentimes, I mean, you know, <laughs> where I grew up, it's, <laughs> it's, it's quite different, but you know, yeah. In some communities, the, these officers are, are just not prepared, you know, and then they're learning, then they're learning how to um, uh, effectively, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're learning the habits of their predecessors. And, and, right. And you're from South ways to do it, right? You're from, where did you grow up? South Jersey? Yeah, it's very, where, what area did you grow up in? Yeah, I grew up in Atlantic Highlands. I was born in Long Branch, um, and now I'm in Howell. But, I, you know, I've, I've, I've lived in, in a bunch of different places. Which I think is important for perspective. But back to your point about white privilege. Yeah, how um, would you describe that? Or do you know what that is? Well, I, I certainly know what it is. What, um, I'm curious, what, what do you think uh, it is? Because, you know, so many people have different uh, explanations. What, what do you think? Well, the best way I can describe it is I saw a video recently, um, and I can't remember the man's name, but he's married to a white woman. And some of the questions, and they have a biracial child, and um, he's African American, and, and uh, some of the questions they were asking, and you raise your your hands up like the number ten, and the, they both did it. The couple did it, and the questions were: Have you ever been pulled over by a cop? Have you ever been harassed by a cop? Have you ever been followed in a store? That sort of thing. And the African American gentleman, all his fingers went down, and his um, partner, a wife she had all of her fingers still up. None of those things happened to her. So that in, in itself is an example of white privilege. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Differently by society. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I could articulate it as well as I saw the other night. I was watching, um, I guess, the, uh, the Seth Meyers Late Show, um, okay. and, um, which I'm a fan of. And um, he said that white privilege was walk uh, uh walking into a, a store and never having to worry about the clerk following you because he suspects you'll steal something yeah you know? or or you know getting in your car and going for a drive and never having to worry about getting pulled over for no reason at all yeah those are great examples of it that's for sure yeah. Yeah, a- i have to agree with that yeah and um, I think Felicity Huffman, she was the one who was arrested for trying to pay off someone to take the SATs or something for her daughter to get mm-hmm. it. She only spent 14 days in jail, whereas an African, Felicity Huffman, a white actress, and an African-American woman who stole some food to feed her child got like a couple of years in prison or something like that. So that in itself right there is white privilege too. One can argue that there's classism as well, but right, that's also an example of white privilege too. That I see. Yeah, that, that's part of it for sure. Yeah, the, the, the whole caste system that we have here, yeah. Yeah. Um, my final question is, is there anything that you can do to help, I guess, change the minds of some of the people that you work with who, 
you know, who can be more um, lean towards the right, let's so to speak, or who don't understand um, what's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement as a white man yourself, um, who gets it, um, what do you think? What, What could you do to help to help in any type of way to be an ally, let's just say say that. Yeah, this is this is the, the really the crux of the whole conversation today. Um, you know, I I'm I I happen to think that um, at, you know time uh, doesn't stand still, and and that um, you know everything is fluid, and and changes are coming, and um, you either need to. Uh, step forward and, and, and take part or, or, or get out of the way. And um, I, think it's, I think it's important. You see all these signs uh, at these protests that say uh, white silence equals violence. And, I, and I, I really think it's important that we stand together to, to affect this change because it can only benefit uh the uh, the majority uh, the, it can only benefit all of us that uh, you know police brutality is a thing yeah uh, you know i've i've been a um you, you know it, it's it's affected me personally uh i don't know about you uh but it, it certainly has me um and um you know certainly i didn't have any uh you know i didn't have any trouble like george floyd you know but uh, i've been you know incarcerated and 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 ticketed and um you know, unnecessarily, you know. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, my, my <laughs> I do have a white suburban upbringing. But, <laughs> what are they uh, arresting you for over there <laughs> in the Jersey Shore? <laughs> I, I, got in a, I got in a fight. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I got in a fight. I was, I was arrested, but, uh, but I remember... I, you know, I, I do, I, I was, pull, I was um, on the side of the road screaming at a friend of mine in the car and um, a cop came over and, um, you know, he tried to shake us down uh, for being on the side of the road. And uh, I, I said something smart to him and he decided that he was going to be, he was going to be smarter than me. And he gave me two tickets, one for reckless and one for um, careless driving. Wow. Just for, you know, just, just for being smart with him. And you know, you I, friends? you said you were with a friend. Yeah. I was arguing with a friend. That's why we were pulled over on the side of the road. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, he, there, I mean, I, I, I wasn't even fresh to him. I just, I, I just, uh, I just said, please, could you butt out? You know, this is a private conversation and, and he didn't want to hear that. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the kind of like role obsessed, you know, uh, young person, uh, that I've dealt with, uh, you know, uh, you know, with, with, uh, you know, with police. Yeah, yeah. I dealt with some things too with police. I got pulled over one time and the cop like made me come out of the car and everything. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he said, well, you were going fast and, but I won't give you a ticket unless you give me your phone number. And I was like, what? And I was really, coming, I, not, I was coming home from the club. Okay. Back in the day, I was coming home driving from New York city from Staten Island going to Bayonne, New Jersey. And I was driving over the, he followed me. He followed me and I'm like, he's gonna pull me over. Cause me being a woman of color, I knew that I was gonna be pulled over. If the cop was following me like that, I knew yeah. it happened. Yeah. And it happened, but he used his privilege 
over me. He used um, his badge over me. Yeah, as power, yeah. As power, and that was just not okay. You know, this leads me to another question. I know you have a son. What will you teach your son about all of this one day? If he asks you, let's say, 10 years from now, mm -hmm. Daddy, how did you handle what was happening here, you know, even mentally, emotionally, behaviorally? How did you handle all of that? What did you do? How would you answer? Yeah, well, you know, I'm not a... a, a I'm not really a person of faith, um, though I um, believe in, you know, Christian Judeo uh, teachings, you know, um, the golden rule, the Ten Commandments, what have you. So, you know, I like to think that I'm a moral person. Uh, so, I'm, you know, I'm just going to teach him that um, it's important to love thy neighbor. It's important to respect thy neighbor. You know, that's uh, Bible scripture, right? <laughs> that's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> For someone who's yeah. not a faithful man, you, you're quoting scripture right there, but go ahead. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, really, uh, you know, what, what, what is faith? It's charm school, right? I mean, we, you know, we're taught that, you know, uh, from, an early, from, an, from an early age on not to do this, to do this, to, to respect people, you know, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. uh, I don't know, that, that's part of my background and, and, and that's what I'll, I'll teach him. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him that I stood for people who couldn't stand up for themselves and that um, I, I voted, I voted to, um, to uh, affect change. Uh, that's that's another thing I want to mention here. Whoever's listening, yeah, make sure you register. Make sure you get out there. Make sure you you know send send people a message. Uh, regard you know uh, statewide, countywide, um, municipal elections is yeah. all important. Every one. That's right. The local elections are very important. I totally agree with you. That's right. You know, yeah. I want to thank you so much, Stephen, for joining me. You were a wealth of information, and thank you for letting me put you on the spot. Um, and I so appreciate your hard work and, you know, you being an ally and being so honest on this. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, Trish, I wish I was way more interesting, but thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.